First off, man, we appreciate you, bro, coming through. You know, we in New Orleans, came get some of that good food and everything. Come see you, do your thing, man. Respect. We appreciate you having you on the show, man. We big fans of yours, man. We've been watching you for a long, 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 long time. But, man, thank you for coming on the show, bro. No problem at all, man. You know, I, I mess with y'all. It's an off day today. For <laughs> Straight hey. up. After a bat to bat. When you, when you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? I remember he got Ginobili, drafted. Ginobili, um, Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams. So start with Ginobili. Ginobili, you know, you watched him play, you know, back in the day. He'd be talking. First of all, he'd be speaking, you know, in a different language yeah. a lot of the time. <laughs> Probably talking like I'm, I'm, he can't mess with me type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but they call like Angle. Angle, angle and flat, like in the quarters. So Ginobili mm-hmm. called Angle. He dribbles to half court, like turns his back to me. First of all, I was like, mad disrespectful to turn your back to me, but whatever. He turns his back, comes at me full speed, Euro, layup. That's what he do. Next play, Euro, layup, and one. And then he saved me with a step back. It was like seven, nine. He, he scored about damn near 10 in a row on me, mm-hmm. which was like, wow, I didn't play. You know, basically, I was coming out. Coach, coach is like, yo, yeah, you over. <laughs> like he do this to everybody. Yeah, yeah you over. <laughs> Lou, same thing, you know. But he was just drawing fouls, so couldn't touch him. You know, you young in the league, they talking about ball pressure, ball pressure. Yeah. So I'm trying to hand check. <laughs> yeah, you putting <laughs> on your arm. All of that. So it was it was wild. And then Jamal just you know, bop bop bop, pull up, bop 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 to the cup, behind behind, hezzy. So I, I took my I took my my wounds and then went back to the lab. Yo, 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 we live on location. We down here in the bayou, ain't we, Black? We had to make a real special trip. Come down here, come down south to come meet up with this uh, with this Midwest swing. Two-point geese. You feel mid-range maestro, one of the one of the best combo guards out here in the league. You know it. El Presidente of the NBA Players Association. Yeah. We got a young homeboy, CJ McCullum, in the building. He ain't that young no more. He one of the OGs, but he still with us, though. Straight up, man. Appreciate you, fam. <laughs> Presented by Hennessy. Your brother Eric, he played. Uh, he played before you. He was older than you, right? Mm-hmm, three and a half years older than me. So that's the one that's that you seen, that you watched, that you studied, that you came behind to see him hoop. So how was that? Let's tell us about your brother. Eric. Yeah, that's my best friend um, to this day, and I, I always say I wouldn't be where I'm at, you know, without him. He was the one that had the vision for how our life should be played out in terms of step by step, step by step, get good grades, treat people with respect, you know what I'm saying? Carry yourself a certain way, treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO, all of that stuff. But then Mm. on the court, you have an alter ego. You do whatever you want on that court within the lines. Be respectful to the game, but be disrespectful to your opponent if that's how you're feeling that day. And that's how we worked. You know, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 500 shots in the morning, 500 shots at night, sneaking into the gym, really understanding that uh, we didn't want to see our parents work forever. We we knew that if we could apply a certain type of skill to this game, being able to score is something that everybody can't do. Being able to shoot off the dribble is something that everybody can't do. If we could do that better than most, we'll get paid more than most. Yeah. And that's kind of how we approach it. And my brother now, good enough to be in the league, but makes a lot of money in Europe. Yeah. I think he's number two, and he might be number one all time in Euro Cup scoring, number one in performance index rating, which is like our PER yeah. efficiency. Uh, he gets to it. He's just like me. It's just a little smaller, but everything that I do on the court is is basically predicated on studying his his game, his moves, 
still watch each other's games to this day. I still get to Europe in the summertime. Did he have the height before you had the height? You know how your, your growth spurt was like late. Did he already have the height and you was behind him? Or he was small too? He was small too, but taller than me. So yeah. I was 5'2", freshman year, 5'7", 5'11". I committed to Lehigh at 5'11". Yeah. I signed my letter of intent at 6'1". When I got there, I was 6'3". Mm. He was 5'7", 5'10", 6'2". So he was a little taller earlier, so he was beating me for a long time. And it's funny. <laughs> He used to always joke, and even when I, went to, when I went to college, he went to a D2 NAI, and I used to spend my spring break in Goshen, Indiana, uh, Goshen College in the middle of nowhere. Right. And we would just play ones, and I'd work out and just kind of get better. And he used to always say, when you can beat me, you'll be ready for the league. Yeah. And he was right. So, so you whooped that ass. He, he <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's time for me to get to the league. Yeah. So, so tell me this. How old were y'all when he when y'all began the, the 6 a.m., 7 a.m., and all of that stuff, and sneaking in gyms? How old were y'all doing that? I mean, we've been getting up at 6 a.m. since we were 10 years old. Mm, what? So, that was yeah. his idea? Hey, I hated it. I hate. I, <laughs> he was so disciplined and and methodical. I didn't see the vision. Like, yeah. off the court, real estate, every business. Like, he knew what he wanted to do. We own restaurants. He knew, like, that he had this vision of how he wanted his life to be. And he was like, I'm going to learn from all my mistakes and make sure you don't make those. You know what I'm saying? He wrote out my bios to send to college. He sent it over to 100 Division I schools. My points per game, stats with film, everything. He was really That's determined to dope. help me become, you know, who I am today. And I thank him for it. I tell him there's no amount of money that can ever repay the love that you've showed me. And it's just gratitude that I have for him and that he has for me. But it was his idea. I hate. I couldn't stay the night at my friend's house yeah. without him coming to get me. Like, we still got to work out. I don't think you're getting, you're getting away from this. Y'all used to do a lot of <laughs> one dribble pull, two dribble pull. Like from all of that was like most of y'all y'all base of y'all y'all workout on the on the shooting side. Everything started with that triple threat into a pull up. Triple it's threat. Your pull up triple counter. threat and your pull up game is so <laughs> crazy. Like you remind me like like of the guys. You always got a guy in the hood or a guy somewhere that got that that one two pull that you can't. Cause then when you try to push up on him and try to stop him, he going straight to the hole <laughs> and laying it up. And that's like one of the most dangerous stop to have that that mid range like that. So that, I can see you you doing that all the time because that shit is like a layup to you. Tell me this: when you were, we all seen a little viral picture of you being microscopic when you were little as hell playing yeah. against the college dudes, well, high school dudes. What was your brother's message when you were going out there in that situation? Because you you was like so small, it was jarring for people to see, right? So. Did he try and instill that confidence in you that you could go out there and do it? Yeah, I always had a unbelievable amount of confidence, even when I was small. Like I would fight bigger dudes. Like I was, <laughs> I was a troublesome kid. You know, that what boy I mean? was scrappy dude. You was a little yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like swinging, dude. swinging first type mentality. <laughs> I used to get it. Always the little ones. It's always I used to, the I got, little into, I got us into a lot of trouble with people we shouldn't have got in trouble with. <laughs> yeah, he was having to fight fights he shouldn't have had to fight, but it was just always my mentality. And it was like, you know, I fear no man. Like he put his shoes on the same way I do. And his life ain't been as hard as mine. Even yeah. if it has been, like in my in my mind, he ain't 5'2". He don't know what right. it's like to try to create a shot out here. He don't know what it's like for his mom to have to work, single parent household. He don't know what this is like. He don't want it as bad as me. He can't yeah. want it as bad as me. He not getting up at 6 a.m. at 10 years old. Straight he up. not shooting a thousand shots a day by 2 p.m. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was just like, I worked so hard. It was like, there's no way these kids, these kids can't fuck with me. 
right? Like I work way too hard. And if I don't succeed, it's cool. We get back to the lab and we figure it out. But mm -hmm. I knew I was going to grow. My dad graduated high school at 5'8". And my dad was a big component of hard work. Just like my mom, it was like, you want to be successful? You got to really work on your craft and we can't pay for your college. So you either got to get a 4.0 or you got to be really good at basketball or you get a 3.5 and be solid right. so that you can get the scholarship. And I just worked on, like you said, the fundamentals was, was the foundation of everything. Triple threat, have footwork, have a handle. And as I got taller and stronger, I, I had to create less space. Yeah, it got better. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, I got weapons now. I'm a superhero. <laughs> yeah, I'm shooting step backs at five two now. Oh, I'm six three, yeah. six four. It's like I don't see you. Yeah. At all. You so, know, you you missing. So take me through that, what that transition is like when you, you know, you start off at five two, then you get to the point to where all of that hard work that you didn't put in, all of them hours you didn't log, like now you seeing the, the the fruits of that labor and you like <laughs> you already said you was cocky. So where were you at at that point? I mean, I, I was probably hard to be around for sure. Like, <laughs> He's an asshole. I was, yeah, that's the that's the word. We people all had use. that one moment in but, our career where we could have went this way or that way. Yeah, but it's just like I worked so hard against everything, right? Like he's only 5'2". Schools that didn't want to recruit me. Nah, he's not good enough. He's not this. He's not that. He can't do this. He can't do that. And then I could do that. Yeah. Now what? Like all yeah. the things you said I can't do, I'm doing. But you ain't forget. You said that too. I'll I, never forget I, because. So many people who try to box you in, right? And it's like the same thing I talk, tell like kids at my kids' camps and my mentorship programs. It's like, never let anyone box you in because if I would have really listened to the negative hate, I wouldn't be able to, to have CJ's press pass. I wouldn't be able to have CJ McCollum Dream Centers and all these different types of things yeah. and vehicles that where I'm lifting up kids, I'm giving them opportunities mm -hmm. because there's so many haters out there and people that want to see you fail because they can't do it. Yeah. And it's like, just because you can't do it don't mean it's, it's that's not my life. Like I'm going to really work. Yeah. And the chip is still there. The chip has always been there. But I think it stems from, like, it was a test to see, like, can I really make it? Like, sometimes yeah. you don't really believe it. You're like, Yeah, you definitely like, don't. To what you, is this too much? That. Like, can I really do this? Like, yeah. right? I'm 5'2". Five 5'2", two. Five two, averaging 20 and 3 quarters on JV, playing 2 quarters varsity because Ohio had the 5 quarter rule. I get to 5'7", they bring me off the bench. Promised me I was going to start. Booster club came in. Son transferred in. They bring me off the bench. I averaged six points a game. I wanted to quit. My junior year, my brother said, you got to make a decision. Like, you either really got to want this shit or you got to put this shit down and go really be good at, at being a student. Decide what you want. My mom was like, I ain't raised no quitter, son. Like, you're going to figure this shit out. And that's like, my mom the type of person that... After the games, I might score 28. She like, damn, you missed two free throws. Could have had 30. Like, that's the energy that I get in my household. And I needed that. So when I decided to, like, really turn up, I changed my my alarm clock, right? This is going to my junior year. My alarm clock was no longer um, the sounds you hear. It was me talking to myself, positive affirmations about how I'm going to average 20 a game. I'm going to get a Division One scholarship after this season. And I'm going to break all the school records that was before me. I went from averaging six points a game to 25. My first career start, I told my dad I was going to score 50. I scored 54. I hit eight threes, and I broke the school record. <laughs> and that's how, like, I spoke this into existence. And then I went and worked for it harder than anybody could work yeah. because I knew if I averaged 25, I'm getting a Division One scholarship because I'm going to get to 6'2", and they can't stop me at 5'10", so what they going to do with me at 6'2"? And that was my mentality. After that 54, like, what was the rest of that season? Like, like after you yeah. hit the first start and you told your pops what you was going to do, like, because we, to be able to sit there and tell somebody you're going to do something like that, then literally go do it, what was your swag and your confidence after that? 
It was, it was very high. Um, but it was funny because I had to convince myself that it wasn't fluke, right? Because yeah. like I just averaged six a game. So I was just paranoid. Yeah. Like, I'm still paranoid to this day. Like, <laughs> yeah. you got to do this right. You got to do that right. Like, you got to be consistent with your approach. So I just fall in love with the process, right? Like, I tell my mom, I tell my wife to this day, now I just show up for work. Like, I don't worry about the result because I done did everything I can to be successful up until 7 p.m. So at 7 p.m., it's the most relaxing time for me. The hard part is 6 a.m., the 8 a.m. workouts. I'm lifting, I'm boxing at this time. That's the hard part. That's the sacrifice. Now I get to enjoy the fruits. So after I scored that 54, come home, my mom is like, that's good. Now you got you to gotta consistently do this. If you want to be great, like the great ones consistently do this. And she's like, the double team's going to be coming. Big bro calling me like, now we got to work on how to score when the double team comes. Now we got to work the boxing one in, in high school. Like now I started, after that, I was getting boxing one every night. So, you know, 54, 45, 36, 28. Then I get the boxing one from hell and I, I score 11 points. And I'm going home like, all right, I got more work to do. And I needed that failure, right? Because told me, you're not a finished product. You still yeah. got to sharpen your tool. You got to sharpen your blade every day yeah. or you're going to get dull. Yeah. So that's kind of what my approach was. I was always sure of myself, confident. Mm -hmm. And I think that my confidence instills confidence in others. But Definitely I tell do. people all the time, like, my teammates can speak to that, past and present. Like, CJ is consistent every day. He cocky, but he works. He has a reason to be cocky. Yeah. He's sure of himself but he's smart, he's yeah. sharp, and he gonna tell you like it is, yeah. even if you don't like to hear it or wanna yeah. hear it, but I'm always gonna keep it 100 with you. Play the right way. And I've always done that my whole life, and yeah. I think people have respected me for that. And the mentality just stems from, like you said, I was so thirsty to get that Division One scholarship that um, I was gonna do whatever it took, and I was gonna work harder than hard. Like, shoot so, shoot so much, you got blisters on your fingers, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's the mentality that I had. Like, you gotta be, your jumper gotta be so wet that, like, they surprised when you miss. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's how I felt when I first seen you and start seeing that pull up, that how you how you two dribble, one dribble, how you coming off and just pulling up. Cause a lot of guys don't do what you do, because that's an old school mentality of what you do. But you mastered that. That's one of the most dangerous things. That's what Michael Jordan did to become the goal of this shit. Mid-range kill all this. <laughs> and that's that's what you do. I, de I definitely like that. Tell me about the you know the remainder of your senior year because you clearly was was killing. How how did how did you feel about the recruiting process? Yeah, I still was angry about the recruiting process. Right, you know, I go from five seven to five eleven. I average twenty five five and five basically. And Lehigh sends me a letter the day after I score fifty four. I had never heard of Lehigh. I didn't know. I was like Lehigh. Let me look this up. I'm on Google. Right. <laughs> Talk to me. All right, Patriot League. You know, see, I'm going down the roster. And this when the video game was out. So I start playing with Lehigh on the video game. Take them to the NCAA tournament. Like I go through that like as a kid. I swear to God, I go through that as a kid. That whole process. And then I start getting letters. Michigan, Notre Dame. Um, Why are you in school? Bowling Green? Yeah, I'm still hooping though. Bowling Green, um, Fairfield, uh, University of Furman. And in my head, like I was like, I'm I'm a Division One player, but like now I'm I'm a high level Division One player. Like North Carolina should be sending me letters. That's the school I yeah. wanted to go to, Kansas. Also, North Carolina is the one. North Carolina's where that was I really on your on your map, but they never recruited me. I even sent them stuff. So I was sending my brother. We sent stuff to schools that I like, big like high major, mid major, and low major. We would target all of them depending on locations. You know, Horizon League, MAC, whatever. We're going down the list just to kind of like give me some variety. 
Y'all sending them stuff? Sending them That's my crazy, stuff. Bro. My film, right there. my GPA, hard. my ACT score, everything. My brother had a, a bio of everything <laughs> with, with disc of my film. I've yeah. never, That's ever hard. heard He sent that it to life. every school. That's hard. Over 100 schools he sent it to. And remind you, I'm still playing, right? Finished my high school year. I played for All Ohio Red. I didn't play much. I was pissed. And then I, I played for King James, bronze team. Shout out to my guy, Bron. I played mm -hmm. for his AU team. Mm -hmm. And I never forget, I tell this story all the time. I played in the AU tournament. I played against John Wall first. John was the number one player in the country. Yeah. John was crazy. Like that. Oh, I had 25, 5, and 5 against the number one player in the country. So I'm like, all right, bet. I'm going to take this film. <laughs> this is against John. Everybody, everybody got to see this shit. You right. definitely do. Right. <laughs> you definitely do. So, no, nothing against him. <laughs> I like John's still my guy. He's still yeah. cool. So that was a good film for me. Still didn't really get no, like, no play. So what I did was I played in a tournament. I served and I lied. So I told him, um, you know how like rivals or whatever come up to you after the game who's recruiting or whatever. So I lied and said I had three scholarship offers. And I named three schools and Lehigh had already offered me. So I said, Lehigh, somebody else, somebody else. I got 10 offers the next week. So I had 10 like small mid-major offers, but I was still pissed because I was an Ohio kid. My teammate, Costa Kufus, went to um, Ohio State and dad never recruited me. Mm -hmm. Xavier never recruited me. Cincinnati. Never mm. recruited me. All of these schools, I'm in your backyard. Backyard. Never recruited me. So I kind of waited around, and my mom, my dad, my brother was like, look, you got to go where you're wanted, where you're needed. You got to. My dad would always say, don't miss the boat, son. My mom would say, you want to be somebody's first option or somebody's second option? Like, you want to be somebody's priority. Straight Coach up. Coach Reed drove during a tornado to my house. We sat in the, we sat in the kitchen with candles because our lights was out, power was out, trees in the street, GPS went out. This is back in the day where you had that, right. like, garments and stuff. And he basically was like, look, you are our priority. You come here, you'll be able to do what you want, get a great education, you can make the tournament, whatever, whatever. I commit to Lehigh before my senior year at 5'11". I play my senior year out, I'm better. 6'1". <laughs> I'm 6'2 now. <laughs> I'm, <six> <laughs> I'm dunking in game. Like, <laughs> nah, it's all and I was 5'2 I was like four years ago, so yeah. people was looking. I averaged 29, 8, and like four. Ohio Gatorade Player of the Year, runner-up Mr. Basketball to Jared Sellinger. Him yeah. and Trey Burke and him was running, running right. shit yeah. in Columbus. And I'm looking like, because I had told my mom, I was like, Mom, I'm about to average 30 this year. And I think if I do that, then I'll be able to go to a big school. She was like, but you're going to be going to a big school as somebody's second or third option. Yeah. I also wanted to go to Penn State. Penn State never offered. So play that out. I average 30. I go to Lehigh. I show up. I'm 6'3". They looking like. This ain't the, this is the same <laughs> right. kid. Like, this is the kid that committed because I did my visit at 5'11". They didn't see me the whole year. Yeah. The rest is history. I got there and I said, all right, how many? I used to tell my brother, like, how good do I have to be to get to the league early? Because I don't want to be here for four years. From being that small, how was the first dunk in game dunk? Like, how I know how hype you was. Super hype. You had the little weak one, too, where you like, <laughs> oh, you on the break. Yeah, <laughs> call that joint. Ah. <laughs> and then I start doing the AI joints only in practice, though, like that. Oh, uh, throw it off. Oh, go get it. All of Straight that. Up. That was my go to in warm up lines. Ah. <laughs> that was like the best feeling in the world. Like, better than hitting 10 threes is like dunking because it was like the transformation of he not athletic. He not this. I'm going, I'm getting eight rebounds a game. What you mean? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm here banging with centers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you going down, you make sure you boxing. And I'm giving you stuff. 35 a night. Mm -hmm. like, 
So you get the Lehigh and you 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 go crazy. You the rookie of the year and the player of the year. What what was that first year like for you when you like you already got, you know, your own expectations for yourself, but then you kind of bur- burst onto the scene like that? What, what was that like? Oh, it's funny because uh, I joke with Coach Reed all the time and, and Coach Logie, who recruited me there. They, they promised me I was going to start. They brought me off the bench. And I was like, the disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> Come here. Like, I'm an NBA player coming off the bench at Lehigh. Like, that's my mentality. Yeah. Like, Irrational, probably, really? but I was right. <laughs> I am who I said I was. So they brought me off the bench for two games. And I remember calling home, like, this ain't what I signed up for. You know what I'm saying? Like, they <laughs> lied to me, told me I was going to start coming off the bench. And I was calling it right. I was low-key, like, by the transfer, like, looking in, like, Shaka was at VCU. And I knew Shaka since I was a kid. So I was, yeah. like, looking around, like, I'm coming off the bench. Well, I'm coming you, off the bench you at killing VCU. before? Like, I was killing. You was murdering the Practices, whole practice and everything all the way to the first game. And you like, yeah, I know he, at the end he going to be like, yeah. And me. I start. And I you look. looked on the board like. T- talk about that <laughs> moment right there. Because we all board, like, what? I was like. Where you, they ain't been watching what? They ain't been watching this, this last two months? <laughs> been killing this stuff. Tell up. me. Talk about that. Because that's like, we all done been there where we go through, whether it's in the league, you go through a training camp or whatever it is, you know. You and your partners on the team, you like, yeah, yeah, I did. My, I earned my key. Then the coach come in, he won't talk to you or, you know, he won't give you the, you know, you know the talk I'm talking about. You like, why you coming to me with this talk? You supposed to be over there with you that talk. You supposed to be telling him he's sitting there. <laughs> and here's the reasons why. Yeah. No, I was hurt, bro. Like that, that really hurt me. And that, that just, I was back in the gym. I was like, damn, am I not working out enough? Like, you know what I'm saying? That was my mentality. But I used to call home. And I'm like, soon as Buddy get in foul trouble, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> he got in foul trouble twice. He got in foul trouble game one. I had like 15. We played against uh, Richmond, Richmond University. Game two, we played against Ryder. One of the Thompson brothers was there, and mm-hmm. they was whooping our ass. They was up like 17 to two. Buddy in front of me. Uh, shout out to Rob Kiefer. Rob Kiefer's the one in front of me. Nice guy. He uh, picked up his second foul again. And I'm just, I'm just laughing like, ah, he done messed up. Because <laughs> I'm not looking back when I come in here. I'm to the cup. I'm like, AI crossing. <laughs> I'm hitting threes. We down. I'm yeah. all that. Like, this is personal. Like, yeah. I, I got to get to the league. And y'all done, y'all done cost me two games of film. <laughs> Straight up. Next game, first career start, 26 at the crib. School record, most points in the first career start. First I'm out here start. killing. Like, I'm dunking. I'm yelling. There's nobody in the stands. I'm yeah. yelling at nobody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Like, and, like, I got like I got to where I'm at today, just internal motivation. Like, make it fun. Make it, pretend it's 20,000 here. So then when I get to the tournament and it's really 20,000, I'm going crazy. Because I've been envisioning what this is going to be like and feel like my whole life. I watched Duke on TV. I watched Carolina, Kansas. They got... They own dorms. They got chefs. They getting per diem. The Jays. They got t- the Jays. You got the Jordans <laughs> on. Team, team plane. They flying private. We flying. We flying. Gotta by, go to the airport. By the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Smell I'm the toilet the whole ride till it's. <laughs> I'm taking ice baths and trash cans. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I'm angry. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Straight it's up. not their fault, but like I needed something to create in my head to make it so that. When I got to work out at 6 a.m., I'm working out with a purpose. I yeah. like, no, I'm not just doing this for this now. This is personal because when I play against this kid who had it easy, I don't mean like growing up easy. I mean like yeah. he was silver. He was a silver spoon kid once he got to where he's at. Yeah. He don't know what this grind is like. He yeah. don't know what it's like it to, means more to, to hike this mountain in, 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 in the snow. Every time you step between them lines, it means more to you. I be telling the kids now, nowadays because you see some of these kids don't give the effort. 
Like they don't they don't care. They out there too cool. Like they just out there getting thirty or something. They get a dunk and have eight points, and they they swag is like they had thirty and fifteen or something. I be like, man, when I step between them lines, and it, it reminds me of you too. How hard you go when you step between them lines? It means too much to me not to go hard. It means too much to me not to run fast or, or hustle on defense and play hard. That's what it's about. Take me, take me to your junior year after you three-time all-conference. All you didn't won players of the years, rookie of the years. Y'all didn't won the titles in the conference. But you decided to go back for a year. You was a hot, you was, you was a prospect for the league as a junior, but you came back. Why did you go back? I had never experienced what it was like to be the man, like, going into a season, right? Like, I was a very good mid-major player. Like, they knew I was good in Bethlehem, some of the other cities. We played Navy, Army, American, Colgate. But the world didn't really know, like, he's the man. And I wanted to go through that uh, from the beginning, preseason All-American, first team. Mm -hmm. I went to CP3 skills, KD skills. I'm at all the Nike events, mm -hmm. killing, playing against all the best college players. I'm going to use the air quotes again, all the best high major players in the country. And I wanted to experience that. But I also, I love college. Like, I didn't think I was going to like it that much. I was like, this is fun. Like, I want to get to the money and take care of my family. But one more year of no responsibility, just hoop, go to class. I can go to my, my, frat, my frat homies' places. I can go to sororities. I had met my wife. So I was in a place where I was just really happy and content and comfortable. Mm -hmm. And although I knew change was coming, I wasn't necessarily ready yet. And I told my mom, I said, if I leave, I'm not coming back. Mm -hmm. I said, once I get to the money, I don't think I would be able to go back to school. <laughs> and I had promised her I would graduate, and I was making the dean's list, and I was doing so well. I just felt like all those things, and I heard I was going to be mid to late first. And I was like, ah, if they see me, if if they think I'm mid to late first off that that one game, like wait till they, they come in every night to watch. See and they can I'm really see. <laughs> and people were like, well, you're going to— are you sure you want to be evaluated? I said, I'm not running from nothing. Right. I want them to see well, every see part of my work. game because there's not <laughs> a lot of flaws. Like, I'm a college kid that can score at all three levels. Like, mm -hmm. what, what you want? Like, what more do you want? And I want to get back to the tournament because I felt like I was good then, but I felt like I was better. I was smarter. I was sharper. I really understood, like, the preparation that goes into, like, getting through a 30-game season conference tournament and then going to play the big boys. And I wanted all that smoke. And I had lined up. I had a list of teams I wanted to play. Gave them to my coach. They was all running from us. Shout out to Tom Izzo. He would play us. Um, we played against Tom Izzo my junior year. But most of the teams, Syracuse, I can name them, they all was running from us. They said, we'll play you when CJ leaves. Every school that didn't recruit me in Ohio, I wanted to play them. Ohio State wouldn't play us. Cincinnati wouldn't we'll play us. We had a hit list. <laughs> Every school that was close to me or that I wanted to go to, Notre Dame, no. Penn State. Penn State played us my freshman year, wouldn't play us again. Uh, Dayton played us. I had 42. Or no, Kent State played us. I had 42. My sophomore year, they was like, we're not playing y'all no more. Akron, they wouldn't play us. So I had a list and they was running from us. But um, more of the story is Iowa State, they would play us when they had Royce White. Like some of those types of schools where Pittsburgh, like I was happy to be able to like go play those teams. And yeah. then, you know, this was the first time in my life I'm showing up to practice and it's 10 credentials. NBA teams watching me practice in right. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. What that was like when you started seeing... I was looking like, who is that? And then I'd be asking our media guy, like, yo, who watching today? <laughs> like, what team is this? Oh, oh, they need they need a guard. Yeah. Oh, y'all need a guard, huh? 
He only know about the scouts coming to high school games for him. You know, they was at his high school come see him. Wild, you know, they came check me out at high school. I mean, at college practices. You know, they would come to his high school game. He didn't That's really get wild. to nudge nobody. Asked what's going on. He just had the hearsay. He seen the team with the you, polo shirts. <laughs> did you know it was gonna be Portland, or did you think it was gonna be somewhere else? Honestly, I thought I was going to the Kings. Uh, the Kings promised me a seven days. Like, if you're there, we're gonna take you. They actually called me back for a second workout. And I hit my agent, and I was like, I don't really want to work out again. Like, I'm tired. Yeah. Like, I done went through, like, I, I rehabbed my, my fractured foot right into the pre-draft. I was like, I'm tired. I just want to chill. How many workouts did you do? I only did, like, 10. Yeah. How blessed. I only did, like, 10. But I, I worked out for 10. them twice. It's basically all lottery teams. That's why I'm saying, y'all blessed. You only did, like, two. And you said no, that I didn't dinner. do no two. He did, what you do? He did three. I did, like, six. Okay, I know. He, listen. And under, the process blessed. was great for me. I'm not going to lie to you. It was cool. But I thought I was going to the Kings. Um, then I thought I was going to Detroit because they had uh, Joe Dumars. And he was a small school guard. I was like, oh, he, might, he, he might mess with me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The they took he KCP. Nah, he ain't see the vision. Nah, he <laughs> <laughs> uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I can't even remember who they drafted. I think they took Trey Burke and traded him to Utah. Um, mm -hmm. Tim, Dame had texted me and he was like, I think we're going to draft you. And then my phone died when it like picked seven or eight. He was like, uh-oh. And then how my phone died. And then... How the hell your phone died on, on draft day? I just <laughs> doing too much. I was, I was on Twitter scrolling. So did you know Dame already before the draft? Yeah, we had, we had talked my whole senior year. After I broke my foot, we talked. One of our mutual friends connected us, and I was just asking him about the That's league. That's random mm. as hell. We was friends before I got there. I was asking him about the league, workouts, what I should be doing. He broke his foot, and we kind of went through that process, and then I met him during the draft lottery in person. That's so crazy. I knew him before I got drafted. I oh, never so knew you that. already had trust so we in had, him. So we had been texting for like seven months, and then I got, and then draft lottery, and then he was like, wow. he was telling me that, like, yo, you're going to be a lottery pick. And I'm like, what? I just broke my foot. He's like, yo, I'm looking at the board every day. Like, I go in there, yeah, and they got you going lottery. And I was like, for real? Good story. They be <laughs> having their board. Well, you know now. Yeah, now I know. I didn't know what he meant. I was like, what? You see the board? What board? Yeah. That's, but yeah, that's we, I didn't know that we knew each other before I got to the league. And it was during his rookie year. Like, I was asking about workouts. And I was watching his license, the Lillard, all of that. And he texted me. He was like, like uh-oh. And then I got drafted by Portland. Tell, tell me this. You and Dane have been together, what, nine years? Nine and a half years. And so, I mean, obviously over the years, been all these rumors and this and that. Had y'all talked about if a trade possibly happened and what, you know, how y'all, because I know, like you said, I mean, I know from D Wright that y'all is like really tight like right. that. So, I, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I knew y'all really rocked with each other. Did y'all get a chance to chop it up and talk about like what could happen before the trade ultimately happened? Yeah, we have been talking. I, I joked about it for years, uh, for like three or four. I've been in trade rumors. Long time. Yeah, forever, so trust Since I've been in the league. <laughs> but like the last few years, we really like kind of like talked about it, talked around it. Like, like, bro, I, I might really be out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like those types of conversations, mm -hmm. like just so you know, you know what I'm saying? And he was always kept it 100 with me. We actually FaceTimed like three days, four days before I got traded. And I just called him. I was like, yo, bro, I'm just feeling you in on some stuff. Like what you hearing type conversations. And I'm just telling him like, Look, I'm having great conversations with Joe, Joe, our GM. Shout out to Joe. And we're going to work something out to where it's it's best for everybody. I said, I'm just letting you know I'm probably going to be out of here in the next two weeks. Like, just so you know, so you can kind of prepare. Like, like I've been with you a long time. You've been with me. And he was like, I told him basically, like, I'm not going to be pretending I don't know nothing. You know right, what I'm saying? Like, up. That's the real Like thing. how a lot like, of people, I ain't going to be pretending. Like, I, that's the, like, a lot said, of bitter stuff. He, he going said, on. I told him. 
I ain't gonna be pretending I don't know nothing. You know, yeah. I, like C is my guy. So if if y'all y'all coming to me asking me about stuff or telling me stuff, I gotta go tell it to him. And they was like, salute Dame Dollar, and right? They was like, here, we, right res- now. we respect that. And you know, we're talking to CJ directly, so you don't have to do that. And he was like, I said, I'm talking to them directly. Straight up. <laughs> Live cool. and direct. So I appreciate the the yeah. candidness, not just from him, but the organization. It was Oof. great to me. And they don't always handle it like that. Yeah. So don't I'm thankful it. that they handled it like that. I felt like it was a great split. It was like bad divorces out there. And like you, we all had bad breakups, I presume, in our life. And that wasn't one of them. That was one where like I left on great terms. I gave him all I had. I gave you all I had. You gave me all you had. And you sent me somewhere that I wanted to go, somewhere I can be successful, somewhere I can be the best version of myself. I can help build this community. I can help build up this team and play alongside some young dogs. So, like, thank you. I I really appreciate that. And, like, my wife told me, she was like, CJ, like, this is an opportunity, you know, where you are really loved. They really going to love you, especially when they see, like, how you really are. Like, they they got glimpses of me in Portland. But just watching games, like I'm really gonna be out here. Like I'm out yeah. here. Like when I hoop, like I really care about this game. I care about this community, the players, and like the fans are starting to see. Like they like, oh, he's nice. Oh, he really nice. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's like I am. I am. Like I really work. Yeah. The one thing I like, though, the way that you and Dame were. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because like you say, with a lot of those rumors and stuff, is is is. I mean, I I could assume that from the outside looking in because y'all always stayed down, but like to hear you say and reaffirm that the way y'all communicated with each other throughout, that really shows, you know what I'm saying, that y'all rock with each other and that's the way it should go down. But we we all know that it doesn't always go down that way. Like when he said the whole, I'm, a, I'm not going to act like I don't know nothing, like <laughs> that's happened a lot of times where it's just like, I don't yeah. know what's going to, but you know. And it's like that really shows that y'all are some real dudes and y'all rock with each other in a different way. And that's that's refreshing to hear. Cause I could talk to him any kind of way. I could slap shit out of him. And we still gonna be cool tomorrow, you know. Right, but y'all built that sweat equity together. There like you go. y'all That's got a, a, a abnormal amount of respect for each other, and it's not you like know, this, that. This my oldest boy. I've been beating his ass so long, you know. It, you know, this my oldest boy. You, you know, I love him. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's funny that you say that because like I, I see these teams, and like obviously I know how the league works. I know how it works very well. I'm in the position I'm in today, but a lot of guys act like they don't know, and it's like. If you're the best player on the team, the you highest know. paid player, you know who's getting traded. Thank yeah. you. Especially if they think y'all that cool. Just, time out. You <laughs> know who's <laughs> getting traded. Thank and you. you know when they're getting traded. <laughs> and you know who they're getting traded for. Oh, yeah. Well, I, so I, it's listen. just funny. It's like, Message. you can't you can't play a player, baby. My granddad used to say you can't be slicker than a cat of oil. Yeah, feel like King and Ivy jumping in the bushes. Message. <laughs> Moves that started a movement. You're not the first to to go from a mid-major and go to the league, but now it's a lot more guys, and they looking for a lot more guys instead of just looking at the big college. And you played for a backcourt that was all mid-major. You know what I'm saying? Just talk about that in general. I feel like that's a move to start movements. Talk about that in general, the mid-major guys that's coming out and just Making their way to this league. Yeah, spot- I've grown very fond of the major players because of the circumstance that they got to go through. Yeah, You know, it's different. The scrutiny that you face is not the same as the high-level kids. Um, you only get so many opportunities to play on the big stage, and you judge solely on that performance. Mm-hmm. If you play poorly, they're like, he's not ready. He's, you know, he's in a mid-major. <laughs> he, not, he, he can't And you got to win the tournament to get out. And, and you got to win the tournament to get out. Like, <laughs> not the regular season joint. Yeah, you got to win the one where one I'm, done. I'm playing at Bucknell. <laughs> and they cheat and cheat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I have a greater appreciation for that. The struggle 
And then just to see the success that came before me, like Steph Curry, George Hill, all those players that came before me, if they would have failed, if they wouldn't have, Eric Maynard, if they didn't play well, they don't take that nice. chance on me. E Maynard was super nice. nice. When he hit that game winner against Duke, I said, oh, I got to be, I gotta be <laughs> Duke too. He was nice. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. and I tell, like I told y'all the same thing. I was like, bro, keep the door open. But, and that just means hoop. Don't come here messing around. Don't come here taking this game for granted. Remember what you came from to get here and leave the door open for the next guy. And I think Keep we all, with it. somebody stuck their arm in, put their foot in. Like somebody some of us else come. Walking yeah. in, you know what I'm saying? It's a little bit more Jordan wide open than it thing. used to be. And now they're taking more chances on guys <laughs> nah, that's because of our y'all, success. Y'all put the spotlight to where now it's like, no, nah, no, nah, we can't let these stones be unturned. We got to look everywhere. These boys right. is out here and y'all really made it like that. But it's, it started with the guys that came before us. I'm thankful because if they wouldn't have handled their they business, I might not be here talking to y'all. What was what was it like for you that the year that you uh y'all lose they lose Lamarcus and it's the time for somebody to step up you know what I'm saying and you stepped up and like nah it ain't just gonna be Dame here it's gonna be Dame and and me you you stepped up what was that year like for you I was similar to my high school experience right didn't play a lot I played like 14 minutes a game my second year in the league and then they trade. Nico on draft night, mm-hmm. L.A. walks. They're not going to re-sign West. West gets like $74 million in Dallas. In Dallas. And they like, CJ, we're going to um, start you as shooting guard. And you're going to play backup point guard. And I was like, I was like, this is like 34 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're going to play about 32 to 35 minutes a night. I said, what? Out of 48? <laughs> Call home. I said, I'm about to kill. <laughs> 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 about to kill. They about to give me the, they about to get, like, you gonna let me run the second unit? I'm about oh, to be playing man. against, I'm about to be playing against backups with the ball in my hands? I'm about to kill. And they're like, just go do what you do. And that summer, I was like, this is, this is just how it was in high school. Like, you went from not playing a lot to getting a chance to play. I was like, don't blow it by not being ready. If you blow it any other way, that's cool, but it ain't gonna be because you wasn't ready. So I made sure I was ready. Conditioning, I'm running on track. I hate running. I'm running on turf. I'm running up the hills. I go back home, like back to the old school, McKinley Monument, all of that. Like back to like my homegrown training, like how I got to where I'm at. I went back to all of that. And I was like, this is how I know I'm gonna be successful because this is what I've done forever. Mornings, 500, night, 500. Sneaking into the gym, all of that. Then you get the NBA, they got the finger scanner, 2 a.m. Can't sleep. Yeah. Somebody always available. My guy, John, yeah, you don't know always about available. That. That's, the, that's that Paul Allen right there. You walk in, you just put that fingerprint right there. You know, nah, nah, <laughs> they've been nah, doing nah. that since old song. I ain't know, know about that when I was with LA. I thought I left LA and went on the greener pastures, you know, because Donald Sterling wasn't putting no funds into us. We, we probably at LA Southwest College, bro, junior college in the hood. Shout out to all y'all out there, LA Southwest. You know what I'm saying? We was with our people though. But <laughs> after I got up out of there, you know, Phoenix was 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 nice and decent. And you already know New York City's now. You already know now. They do it big out there. Everywhere else I went, I get all that access whenever I want to go to the gym. But LA, we couldn't even take showers after after practice, bro. Does, does you and Dame used to talk about like y'all being the best backcourt? Cause I remember like they used to put other people backcourts above y'all. And then by the end of the season, or as, as time went by, y'all was arguably the best, or if not the second best backcourt. 
of them all, of all the people they named. Did y'all used to talk about it like that? Because y'all always, thing I loved about y'all so much, it seems like no matter who it was, y'all accepted that challenge. Like, oh no, we coming in here, we going there, whether y'all ready to play or not. Like, we in this bitch. So. No, we wanted all the smoke for sure. I think when we were younger, like we cared about that stuff. But as we got older, it was just like, I don't care what they think. Like, I'm about to go out here and try to serve, play to the best of my ability. And the fact that we went from not really being mentioned to being yeah. mentioned, like that showed the, the growth and the strides that we had made to where like one, two, three, it didn't matter. We was just trying to win, man. I think that was it. It was like, if we win, like who cares? Mentally, in, in 2015, 16, that year, that year, that's your breakout year. You you start averaging 31 minutes a game. You know what I'm saying? You you average a dub after that season. Like, well, during and after, like halfway through and after, like how was you feeling mentally? Like now, like, you know, this is this is what I've been trying to get to. And now I'm finally getting like, what did that feel like to be in the league? You just you averaging, <laughs> you play 80 games, almost all the games, and then you averaging a dub in the league. And you like now, like, what did that feel like? I felt like the work had come full circle. I think that was the biggest thing for me. It was like, this is what you always wanted. I always prayed for a chance. And I never asked for you know, outrageous things. I used to just pray, like, just give me a chance. All I need is a chance and I won't blow it. I'll take full advantage. And I finally got a chance and that's all I needed. And it was just reassuring uh, to be able to, to see the work that you put in as a kid, you know, 10 years old, 15, 20, 22. And it was just like, wow. Like, if you really do work and do things the right way, have the right approach, you're a good human being, great things happen for you. And you just gotta be patient. Cause I think as a kid and even as a young adult, you want everything right away. Yeah, right you, away. You're thinking that you're reaping what you sow right away. Uh, and it's like, no, you gotta plant the seed and let the seed take its time. Yeah, stack them days on up. Stack those days <laughs> and understand that you gotta keep watering your plant for your plant to grow. And it's not gonna grow right away. You might come back from a road trip and your plant, just like your kid, <laughs> like, right? Like I've, I've been away from my son and he looks different than he did when I left six days ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you gotta be patient and understand that when it's meant to be, it's gonna be. And I'm just thankful that I had the patience. I'm thankful that the organization had the fortitude to withstand some injuries, to withstand, you know, me not playing. And then knowing that, like they had seen me behind the scenes, they seen how I worked, they seen my approach, they knew I was gonna be good. So I don't think they were surprised because they see me and my teammates, they see me. Yeah. I think the rest of the league just didn't know. Didn't know. To win the the the, the most improved that year, like, what is that like? Because that's an award. Yeah. It, I don't care what award it is. No, if you that's win a an, big time If you award. win yeah. an award in the league, and like award. that one to be, you know, most improves is a sign of your work. That's a, a nod directly to you working and improving. Like, what did that feel like to, to, to earn that award? No, nah, it was cool. Cause it's funny at first, they was talking about most improving. I was like, in my head, I was like, I've been good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's <what I'm> <laughs> no, you get what I'm saying. Like, no, I, I, do, I do, I know what you're about a younger version of yourself. I know you're like, I've been nice. What is they yeah, talking about? Yeah. Like, I just played 32 minutes and right, the ball yeah. now. But like, <laughs> when you look back at it, like as it, as it progressed, you know, it was cool to just kind of see, like you said before, like how far I've come as yeah. a player, as a person, from a maturity standpoint to a understanding of what it takes to be a pro, my understanding of the business of basketball. Everything has grown so much and to just be recognized in that manner is a testament to, like you said, hard work, um, opportunity matters, but a lot of people get opportunities and they blow them right. and they're not ready. So 
when you grew up, like, uh, I know you, you you worked out with your brother and that was the person that you was watching, but who was some of the NBA guys or maybe even the college guys that you you took a move here or something there from? He's like, man, that was that was my guy right there and that's who I wanted to play like. I watched a lot of the Kobe, may he rest in peace. I watched a lot of Kobe, like interviews, everything, just because of, I seen the air balls, right? Like yeah. I wanted to watch guys that failed before they succeeded. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see how they handled it and like what type of work they put in to be successful. So a lot of code, a lot of AI, the crossover, I watched the documentary and everything because he was small. He had the chip, but he was a dog. Um, I watched a lot of Rip Hamilton because I played off the ball. Yeah. So being able to just like live in the mid range, right? Mid I got to be able to come off, come off pin downs. How do I re get my feet set? I watched a lot of Sweet Ray, like catch and shoot, beautiful jump shot, played in the Jays, like he got game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Jesus, so like, I watched a lot of them play, but then it was just more so like, just I'm just doing film breakdowns on everything. Like, who, who's good at dribbling, right? Steal something. Who's good at shooting? Not just off the dribble. Who's a catch and shoot, like foundational player? I would watch the balance, watch all of that. And then it was like, who do I play like? And it's like, I want to take some of that. I want to take some of that. I want to have a light, a little mid post. I want to be able to get to the left elbow, the right elbow, and I would just steal. And I still steal to this day. I watch Kyrie. I'm watching Clay's footwork. I'm watching Steph. I'm watching everybody that's nice. And they're that's all nice up. in different areas. And I'm stealing their moves. Straight I'm up. adding, I'm watching DeMar's mid post game. I'm watching the pump fakes. Ridiculous. All Very like, good. I want to see it. And then in the summertime, I will pull up like, yeah. I will pull up to get some work in. I want. I'm stealing everything. I need to get better, and I'm, I think that's a sign that that's a sign of growth, maturity, but also that I still love this game because yeah. I'm on League Pass. I got the iPad. I got my phone. I got yeah. the TV. I'm watching three games and I'm FaceTiming. Speaking, <laughs> you know of, speaking of that, because I was just often to ask you, you know, like, like these days, these guys play basketball, but they don't watch it. Like Man, we grew up watching. I mean, is... I used to go to the. The, my high school girls games. I used to just, anything that was pertaining to basketball, I watched everything. Yes, that's who we are. But these guys don't watch basketball. How important it is to watch basketball because I watched League Pass so much. When I walked in the gym, I already knew the scouting report <laughs> and what they did because I already, I be watching three, four games a night. How important is it to just watch the game and just to see the game? It's super important. I talk to CP about this all the time. I watch the Suns a lot too. I love watching yeah. him in book. <laughs> It's like, one of my favorite right now, too. It's like <laughs> the purest form of basketball yeah. watching them play. But I never understood why guys didn't watch basketball. It gives you, it gives you the answers to the test. Give like, you the test. <laughs> like, we played Memphis, right? Memphis is on a back-to-back. -back. They're about to go play Portland. I bet you four out of those 15 players is probably watching the game. The other eight or nine didn't watch. True. And it's like, they, you about to see the plays that they're going to run, how they're going to guard pick and rolls, who sits in a drop. The pace of the game, the flow of the game, tendencies, I just never understood it. But like you said, like I'm a hoop junkie. I really love basketball. CP really loves basketball. Like everybody don't really love it. It's weird to me though. Cause for me to be like, I've always been like this and he like this. Most of my tightest partners, we are the same way. So when I like when I I remember when I was working in director of player development for, for Detroit Pistons. And I remember, I'm not gonna say who, I remember going to somebody's room and I'm like, you know, everybody, I, I play 2K, I play video games and shit, but like, my TV always on the games. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's some ESPN, TNT games or whatever, I remember coming to his room and I'm like, man, you ain't got 
got the game on. You got your, you got the damn game hooked up to the game TV. I'm like, nah, bro. Like, what you doing, <laughs> man? And that was like when I was really realizing, like, y'all boys don't even watch basketball, man. Like, that's why you don't know what you who you guarding about to do against you. If you just watch the game, like, bro, we watch, like, bro. Catino Mobley, Paul Pierce, all these people I got to go. I know every move you're doing. Now I just got to learn how to stop it. But I know what you're about to do. I've seen it too many times. Right. Y'all don't even watch hoop, bro. Like, that's that, that's foreign to me. I don't understand how, like, all right, if it's summertime, ain't no hoop on. Like, I, I get sick when it comes to the time where it's baseball and soccer on my TV screen and tennis or something. Like, when it ain't no hoop on, I'll be like, oh, man. Like, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is we going to do? But I I I don't understand people that, that hoop and don't watch basketball. That's foreign. It's to me. wild, and it's, it's it's a younger generation, like you said, and I think it just stems from how we was wired. We wired differently. Like we really watched. I wanted to see how the refs is refing games. Man. I want to know, <laughs> know what's what they on. calling, what they not calling. Oh, who you calls, can't talk to Joy? Oh, I ain't talking to Joy. Who I calls see illegal he screens? Him, who doesn't? <laughs> who, who I can push off and they're not going to call my push off? I don't even learn. These, these young boys don't even learn these referees' officials' names. Like, that was one of the first things our OGs taught us when yeah. we got in the league. Like, we hey, got in the league. We used to go in there and game, look at we the, go in the training and room and go them. look at the pictures in the, in the name so you <laughs> go speak to them when you go out there. Yeah. That, that matters. It's the little stuff, man. But, like, everybody not built like that. Tell me, is this true? You know, I heard you, you missed the bus coming on to New Orleans when you first got traded. Tell us all about well, that story. Wait. <laughs> House, <laughs> like how, how? how they forget you. <laughs> Listen, so trade gets confirmed, right? I'm packing. I had probably already started packing, if I'm being honest. So I'm getting everything ready, like the week of, like I'm about to get traded. Tell my wife, like, yo, like we're gonna have to leave soon, or I'm gonna have to leave. You know what I'm saying? Like this is how it's going. This is how the transition gonna go. I ain't never did this before, but yeah. I've seen it. I'm gonna have to go to the city, whatever, whatever. I'm then probably, you come. Then you come, do whatever, whatever. You bring a little man. We gotta get a dog sitter for our dog because yeah. Fiona ain't coming like right away. And whatever, whatever. I'm like, bet. They call me. They like, hey, uh, when do you wanna come? I'm like, ASAP, like Rocky. But I got a doctor's appointment for my little man. It's one month, and I don't wanna miss it since I'm gonna be gone. So can we leave at four o'clock? They're like, yeah, we can leave at four o'clock. Bet, call my agent, I'm leaving at four o'clock tomorrow, whatever, whatever. The little man got an appointment at 12. It's an hour there, hour back. We're gonna be there for about 45 minutes. Cool. I packed the night before, everything's ready, bags by the door, car service ready, whatever. I'm taking my time, eat lunch, eat, eat lunch with my wife, my kids, say my goodbyes, take a picture of a little man, get in the car. I'm doing the Players Tribune article for like by Portland <laughs> on my way to the airport. I get to the airport, I get to the gate, and the driver's like reading the tail number. And I don't know the tail number, I don't know nothing. I know, I know that uh, Mrs. Benson sent her plane and that I'm leaving at four o'clock. Lady like, that plane left. <laughs> I'm on the phone. <laughs> I'm on the phone. She's like, the plane left. I'm like, what? Hold on, I'm gonna call you back. <laughs> I hang up the phone and the driver's like, she's saying the plane left. I said, read the tail again. So she re he, he, he reads the tail to her. She says, I'm looking at the plane. The plane is over Boise. The plane already left. It's over Boise. Over it's gone. Boise. It's gone, though. <laughs> gone. I said, pull the car around and like, go, go to aviation. So he pulled the car around and go to aviation. And uh, I asked the lady, because like I fly private on occasion. Um, it's way too much money, but I've done it before, so I know the lady there. She's like, yeah, that plane left like mm, 35, 40 minutes ago. 
I said, who was on the plane? <laughs> <laughs> who was on the plane? I'm the main trade person. What's going on? <laughs> She's, I said, was Tony on the plane? She was like, I think so. I said, was it a tall black guy? She was like, yeah. I text Tony. I said, did you leave, bro? <laughs> did you leave me, bro? Tony got a Blackberry. If you know about the Blackberries, they don't work on planes. So the no response. I called my agent. I, said, I hit Ashley from my agency. And I said, yo, I think the plane left. I hit my wife. She's like, what? Does that mean? My wife is like, does that mean you coming back home? I said, nah. I said, nah, they're going to need to send another plane or whatever. I see Tony and I'm like, bro, what's up, bro? Like, he said, honestly, see, like I was up. He got kids. He's like, I was with the kids all night. And I just got on the plane. I went to sleep. He said, I ain't see you. And I thought that you left me. I said, so when you seen that I wasn't on the plane and you thought that I left you, you didn't think to call me? <laughs> he said, bro, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. They woke him up while he was sleeping and said, we got to turn around and go get CJ. <laughs> they turned around. They hit the U in the sky. and waited. I, was, I wasn't mad like God's plan. Like, I'm just thankful that, like, I'm in a position where, like, these are first world problems. Like, they got to turn the jet around and come get me. Right. Like, hey, was that's that, the was problem. that a legal U-turn in the sky? Man? <laughs> they did the U-turn in the sky and came back. They did, a, they did a big, the lady was like, yeah, they, the, the place looked like it's turning. Oh, it made a circle. It's turning around. <laughs> So you you mentioned that you know that the team Portland worked with you and, and and got you to a place where you so to speak wanted to go. So what was it about New Orleans? Now that you're here, you know you you had a couple games under your belt. What what was attractive about this this situation for you? I think it was a combination of things: um, the culture, the city, the people, the love. You can feel it. You know what I'm saying? And I felt it from afar, like playing here. We got swept by the Pelicans. You know when, when Drew and AD was here but just the atmosphere. And if you do what you're supposed to do in a, in a town and a city like this, um, you'll you. be loved forever. forever. And if you embrace them the same, way, the same way they embrace you, you can become legendary. And it's not even necessarily about that. I wanted to be where I was wanted, where I was needed. There's a lot of culture here, a lot of diversity. The food is fire. And nice. they got a lot of young talent. They got a lot of really good basketball players. Coached by Willie Green, former player. They got Trajan as the GM, they got Griff. Zion, B.I., J.V., you know what I'm saying, D. Graham, Herb. There's a lot of talent on this mm -hmm. roster, and I think I can get the most not only out of my career, out of my situation, out of my development, but also out of the guys. Like, I know what it takes to win. I've seen it. I've done it. I've played in Portland. I've played alongside one of the top 75 you know, greatest players of all time. Like, I know what it takes to be successful consistently, and I can not only tell you about it, but I can show you because I've done it. And I think that, you know, I'm just what they're needed. They're just what I needed, especially at this stage in my life. And I think there's no better time for me to be ready. 30 years old, I've been in the playoffs eight straight years. We're going to try to make it nine. Hey, listen, 2016, 2017, that was, a, that was a beautiful year for you, July 27th, when you signed that four-year extension. What was that like? Like, that was, that was beep. Hey, what's that? That's, oh, that's the Brinks truck pulling into the driveway. Don't worry about that. How, how, what did that feel <laughs> that was like? July? July 27th. <laughs> Time is flying. <laughs> 2006. See, that's how, see how, hey, public service now. This how you act when you get used to it and you add on to the little money that you had to get when you first got it. It was a big deal. He like, that's what it was. He like, Nah, yeah. I almost cried, if I'm being honest. It's funny. You know it. Like, I remember going through negotiations and seeing what guys were signing for and like, you know, I always say comparisons to Thief of Joy, so I never compare myself to people, but like contract is a contract, right? right. So you kind of look around, see what guys are getting. You're like happy. Like I'm never envious, like 
happy for people. I want to see everybody get paid, especially people that come from circumstances like the ones in which we come from. So I was happy to see guys get paid. And I knew my payday was coming. And I actually was in Vegas. Uh, my now wife was my girlfriend at the time. We was in Vegas. And uh, I think it was for Summer League. And I was about to fly to TBT to watch my brother play. He was playing in that TBT right. tournament mm -hmm. every year. Um, they won it four times. Shout out to my brother, yeah, Millie. Exactly. But I was about to fly to Philly. I had a plane ticket to Philly. Um, I think this is when I was still flying emergency exit row. And I had an emergency exit row ticket to Philly to go watch my brother play in the TBT. My agent was like, where are you? I was like, I'm in Vegas. Uh, I was like, I fly to Philly tomorrow to go see my brother. He was like, don't get on the plane. I was like, why? He's like, I think we're gonna have your deal done by the night. And I was like, Oh, we getting it done that fast? <laughs> like, free agency kind of just started. I'm thinking, like, I got some time. Might he said, don't leave. Flight. And he's like, don't hoop for the next few days. I was working out in Vegas. He's like, don't hoop. I don't want you getting hurt. I was like, all right, I'm in Vegas. Can't leave. Can't hoop. What am I going to do? I guess I'm going to play blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> so I take my little $50 and I go play, you know, $15 hands <laughs> and blackjack. I'm cheap. And uh, he calls me and he was like, yeah, I think we're going to get a deal done. And I was like, how many years? He's like, I think it's a four-year one. Four years, I was like, four years, okay. He was like, 106 million. I said, 106 what? That's <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I was like, the fan almost threw up. I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 I was like, it's me? the big one. <laughs> <laughs> For me? <laughs> he was like, yeah, 106 million, blah, blah, blah. He's like, congratulations, it'll be done. Like, he's like, we'll sign the papers tomorrow. I said, I can sign the papers right, right. now. Right now. <laughs> Tell him. Tell them, Doc, you sign what they be using. <laughs> sign the now. Like, I'll be there. I said, we can just do this now. Yeah. Like, now nah, we'll do it in person. You got to do a physical, whatever, whatever. He was like, when can your family make the press conference? I said, for 106 million, they can make the press conference whenever. <laughs> On D-Way. I'm about to sit down and wrap myself in bubble wrap. Just wait till y'all get the paper. And you know, make sure nothing happens to us. Man, we went out. Up into nothing. We went out that night. It was a good night. Came back. Flew to Portland. Smiling, I'm riding bikes around Portland. Stop I'm cheating. Downtown. I'm say random. Riding bikes around downtown Portland, just smiling. People looking at me like, "What's wrong with them?" Like they have no idea. I always like to ask, "What, what did CJ do to treat himself after after all this, all this hard work and everything you did?" I ain't talking about what you did for mom or nobody. I'm talking about what you did that you know that was that me. You, like this was all me, and I, I probably won't do it no more because you older and more mature now. But like, I want to hear something reckless. If there's anything reckless. Nah, it was nothing crazy. Like, I had bought, I bought my mom a car, I bought my dad a car, nothing crazy. Uh, my dad's car, we actually didn't buy him one until like 2018. I think second deal. <laughs> second, cause he's he already had a nice, nice little, <laughs> he's like, he's nice little Benzo. He was already, you know, he's already with me. Pops, pops worked 30 years. He was good. Mom's had a nice car too, but I want to take care of her first. Um, so we took care of her first. But I didn't buy nothing crazy. I bought a chain, not these ones. I bought a bigger cross that I still wear, which was like 10 racks, which is a lot. And then <laughs> I bought a suite. I like to go to Browns games, right? So I, I like sporting events. I like to create moments that like I can remember forever. Yeah. Like I remember as a kid, like watching the Browns on TV. Mm -hmm. Now I can go to like football games. So I got a suite uh, for like a bunch of my friends and family. That was a lot. That was a bigger, bigger ticket. Mm. Like 30 racks. Okay. But oh, yeah. that's all I did. Like, I didn't do nothing crazy. Like, I was back to the, I signed the contract out in between a workout. I, I worked, I signed the contract. I went and worked out. I drove my little baby Benz home. I called, <laughs> they, called, they called my Benz the baby mama Benz because it was a small one, not the big joint. 
Because I was just like a. Like, so how long before you traded in the, the baby? Got, this, still got the big boy Benz. Got I still got the baby mama Benz. But what I did do was I did get a deal with Chevy the next year. Um, so I was driving the Chevy for free. Like I was like I always thought bigger picture. I wasn't mm. gonna buy a car until it was the car I really wanted. So I had to deal with Chevy, and then now I got to deal with Mercedes. So I ended up uh, the first like really nice car I bought an Aston Martin. But that wasn't until like 2000. Mm. Well, when James Bond started. You still okay. got the baby mama Benz? I still got the baby mama Benz. Who gets the baby mama Benz? So anybody that comes to visit me, they get to drive the baby mama Benz. That's the kick around. That's the kick around. Come in, come in town. The homies get it. It's, it's, a, it's a candy red, candy apple red, tinted <laughs> windows. Um, on the back, instead of it saying like something, something, something AMG, it says CJM3 AMG. All right, so now if y'all see the baby mama Benz, make sure y'all toot that horn now. <laughs> <laughs> You say hey, it was supposed to be a what? It's a, it's a CLA45 AMG, but it says CJM3 AMG. It's a small four-door coupe. I know it is. It's <laughs> baby mama Come on, man. That's what I bought myself my See, this lets year. me know that he way too frugal in life. And he's one of those guys that I ain't look. He said, you got to listen hey. to the context. He said, I got a Chevy deal where I got free cars. He said, I got a Benz deal where I got a free car. So he ain't... You know, he ain't dealt without a lot of money for a lot of stuff. Nah, I, I mean, I got a Maybach. I got a Maybach. Oh, oh, let me bring that back. My back. Oh, okay. Um, Maybach music. Okay, good. <laughs> 84 <laughs> bottles at the bubble. And you had to keep your room <laughs> at 60. What the hell? 84 bottles of wine. You had to keep your room temperature at under 60. That sound like I got a problem. Here's the thing. That man. does oh, sound crazy. Cold no more. It was well, morning. You in Florida. You down there with us. We in Orlando. You, it's hot as hell no in Orlando. I sleep, I sleep with pajamas and a hoodie, like, or a hoodie on. <laughs> That's what you But here's want. the thing, though. Like, I like, I enjoy certain things. Real estate, wine, stuff like that. So I save my money for those types of investments. But the wine was more so, I have my own wine. Macomb yeah. Heritage 91. So... I actually brought 300 bottles into the bubble, but I dispersed of them. I gave them away to staff, players from all the teams because it was a, it was a case study to see if they really liked it. It wasn't like a, a forced oh, situation. Okay. It was more like pop. People that really like wine, I wanted to make sure they tasted my wine so I could get honest feedback. You well, know, I would love to get a mm-hmm. bottle. I got you. Don't <laughs> even try. Connoisseur, my, my wife, the wine person. My rose comes out next month, so I got you. I'll put you on the uh, mailing list. I have it sent. Ashley's going to watch this interview, so I'll make sure that she sends you um uh, a nice little little yeah, care I package, but I had a lot of bottle. But Melo likes wine, like JJ yeah. Reddick. We drinking with a bunch of like wine heads, so we exchanging wines. I'm gifting wines to staff, mm-hmm. so I gave away, I gave away 300 bottles. Did so I, what what's the feedback that you get from people, people really mess with my wine? It sells out that's very what's fast. Up, man. That's, that's what's up. So so did I? I read that you you just bought. Like a wine place, a farm where like three, acres. yeah, three three hundred eighteen acres That's where up, out there man. in Portland, you know all about yeah, the Portland. Love that Portland like man. my hey. man C Frizzle trying to fry out there in Shani, Portland. Shani, my guy, yeah, doing his thing. So tell me about that. How what's going on with that with the three hundred eighteen yeah. acres? Yeah. So I've been working on this for a while. Like you asked me what I do, like I hoop, but I'm also like a businessman. I'm a business oriented person who thinks about business, man. I think about the future. I think about my life when when I'm no longer hooping and how I want it to look. And what I want to pass down to my now son and, you know, however many more kids we have, like, I want to make sure that, like, my parents' life is better than their parents. My life is better than my parents. And I want his life to be better than mine. Right. So that's what I've really been thinking about the next generation. And, you know, I created my wine label. My wife actually introduced me to wine in college. 
created a wine label. I put the flower, like she, her favorite flower on the bottle and kind of did all that stuff. And now the next step was to, was to learn about the business of wine in the last five years and to purchase a, you know, a, a vineyard. So I purchased the land to build out a vineyard and I'm, I'm actually starting to plant now. I plant my first seven acres next month. My, my farm manager, shout out to my guy, Simon, they're, they're doing great work. And this is a business where I thought about the future. I don't need to be there to run a business. Right, just, like, just like the, whoever owns McDonald's, the Waltons or whatever, they not in all the McDonald's. No, yeah. you get, you hire competent people to run your business. And that's where I'm at now to where I'll eventually plan out 150 to 200 acres. Uh, I'll have a nursery, an 18-acre nursery on the property where we'll sell flowers, things of that nature. Uh, I'm going to eventually build out trails for horseback riding and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, there's a lot of different attractions I'm going to have on the property farm to table, I want to do all of that stuff. But it's a slow build where I'll start with the wine first. Yeah. And then the next two years, I'll lay out master plan. And it'll be a year and a half Straight build up. out for my vineyard and Airbnb. On three, man, D-Miles, we're going to have to pull up on you and see what that be like, man. You see what the whole situation Yeah, for sure. Be it'll like. be like, we in 2022. I'll be producing wine for my actual vineyard. I, right now, I have grape contracts with Alan yeah. Simon, some of my like partners. I'll be producing wine from my actual vineyard, probably in 2025, like it'll be That's like from my soil. And then my actual build out will be done like 25 or 26. I say three years, I'll be like, three years from now, like my vineyard should be like, y'all can pull up. Straight up. That's what's That's up. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I give it three and a half because I'm going to take my time. In the bubble, room on 60. Did you have to put on your hoodie right before you walked in your room? Because I know it was hood cold. Hood up, hood up for sure. Like, why are you crazy. take a shower in there? Though? I sleep with beanie. Cold, I sleep know? with beanie on all of that. Like, <laughs> for, how you sleep long with a scully? There? Sometimes I sleep with a scully. Like, how mid, long was y'all there though? Midwest kid, like sixty days, 55, 60 days. Y'all was there two months, yeah, and you slept in your hoodie. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I was sleeping in a hoodie. The bar was I got really savage PJs. for a lot of folks. Folks, <laughs> it was tough out there, man. It was a. I told him it was like, it was we cool. We was 10 minutes from y'all. We wasn't coming nowhere near. 10 minutes. Wow. We stayed 10 minutes from Disney in Orlando, bro. We ain't want no parts of that. It was we a just good ride time, by, man. like, look at them over there. Yeah, they all. It's like an AU. It's like a big that's, AU. Yeah, that's, that's, like. It's the biggest AU <laughs> tournament cool. in the history like, of who? Imagine you play a game, right? And you, you go to like another hotel and you like kicking it by the pool. And it's just like a bunch of like guys playing cards over here. Like yeah. you know, sharing drinks over there. Like I'm. Like Kimba was with the Celtics. I'm like, that's one of my guys. I'm like, yo, I'm going to bring some wine. Bring yeah. some wine. We kick it. Like, it was just a really good vibe. Like, although we was away from our families and stuff, it was tough. It was the safest we had probably felt in years. Like, me, peak COVID, we all tested three times a day. Yeah. Dang. Tell me about being elected to president of the NBPA. You know, how did that, like, what does that entail? And now you, like, it's a lot of work. <laughs> El Presidente. It's a lot of work, but I think for me, I talked about it being the next step in my maturation process was to figure out how to make it better for all of us as a whole going forward. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for how the game was when I got there, but I want to leave it better than when I found it. And by that, I mean education. I mean the business side of basketball. I mean really teaching young players. Financial you came out of high school. Financial literacy is huge. How to budget, how to hire the right people. Mm -hmm. We're in a position now that where we make a lot of money, but we don't come from money. Mm -mm. Most of us don't. Yeah. We don't come from people who know how to grow your money. We don't come from people who know how to um, hire a financial advisor. I didn't even like coming out like, I need, mm -hmm. I need a financial advisor. You know what I mean? Like you don't know these types of things and I want to make sure we're teaching our guys, but also, you know, instilling on the importance of education, not just, um, not just 
going to college, but really learning about certain skills that you want to apply to your life. Like, what do you want to do when you retire? Yeah. All right, let's work on post-career work now. Why people still mess with you? Because when you retire, yeah. it's different. Hey, it don't be a conversation until Walking it's too late. Examples, you, like, are, you, are, you can put yourself in the hole. Now it's a conversation to do it when you can go ahead and do it early. Our families don't come from financial literacy. I be telling people, like, uh, you sit down at the table with your mom, dad, brothers, sisters, whoever, and you not have one conversation about, like, communication about real conversation about life and stuff like this, how you supposed to pay a bill, how you supposed to do this, how you supposed to do that. I can remember having a conversation. This is when I was with the Magic toward the end of my career. Me, we were on a plane. I can't remember, plane, bus, whatever, going somewhere. Me, Jameer Nelson, and J.J. Reddick were talking. And to hear J.J.'s perspective after he got drafted and to hear me and Jameer's was totally different. Like, you know, I'm sure you know, like... We like, yeah, man, we got to try and do this and that, try and get Pops and them a crib. Take care get, of mom, Like, you try and take care of the, the family. <laughs> he, JJ looking at us like, no, nah, I didn't have, no. Nah, my, my, my Pops and them was telling me to do this and do that. Like, I didn't have to get them a house. I didn't have to get them a car. Mm-hmm. Like, none of that. It's just, yeah. like you say, we don't come from the same type situation, so it's not even the same type of situation we going through when we, when we do attain that money. We don't have the same type of knowledge being put into us or or talk, telling us like, you know, hey, you do this or that, you do this or that. It's like, so we gotta find our way a lot, a lot of times, more so than than, than a lot of other people just don't come from the same scenarios as we do. So that that definitely stands out. How was it for you to interview the commissioner of the NBA? Like, you know, we all we seen, we came in with David Stern, you know, we see David, we see uh, Adam, you know, we, we shake hands, but we really don't have the, the time to interview them. We never, nobody, no, none of the players really interview the commissioner, especially interviewing while you playing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, in the league. So how was that for you? I have a very good relationship with Adam and it's STEM. I've known him since draft night, but mm-hmm. obviously before he became the commissioner, mm-hmm. you know, I knew him before he was Adam Silver. And I think we have an appreciation for each other in the in the past we've taken to get to where we are. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I started off as a rookie, you know what I mean? And I've kind of evolved into now, you know, a well-known NBA player, president of the PA, all that stuff. And I think, I, obviously, what he's been able to do, having to maneuver some tough situations with, you yeah. know, COVID and a lot of stuff that we've had going on these last few years, he's done an admirable job. And I think, for me, I don't generally get nervous about a lot of things, but just, you know, trying to make the interview interesting while covering topics that are important, things yeah. that are happening in our league, things that are happening in our society, you know, figuring out, you know, how to balance all of those things, I think it's been cool. And now it's just like, it's just like having a conversation, you know, with, with anybody at this point to where you're just really comfortable. But um, I have a good relationship with him and the rest of the NBA. And I think for us, the biggest thing as a player is, is to really understand like what we want to accomplish. Like, what do we want to get out of these, you know, on the court, off the court, and how do we maximize that for our players? And I'm just thankful to be one of the voices, you know, of the guys in the league. And like I said before, I'm here to help and make things as easy as possible. And CP's done a great job of helping me transition, and he did a great job with our league, especially getting benefits for retired players and a lot of things he was able to do during his tenure. Michelle was was fantastic and someone I still talk to to this day, Michelle Roberts. And she did a tremendous job. And, and, and now we're transitioning with Tamika, who's huge in finance, who's huge in, in, in the business background and comes from Deloitte. 
where she's not playing no games and mm -hmm. she understands what we want to accomplish as a whole and how sharp we want to be going forward as a union, as a league. And I tell the guys all the time, like, we are CEOs, right? And we're responsible for generating billions of dollars. We need to act like it. We need to be on time to meetings. We need to be showing up to stuff that matters because the owners aren't missing meetings. Hmm. No, at they're all. not. <laughs> and they're always on the same accord. And I think we got to get to that point and we will. But we are all on the same page, man. Well, I commend you, man. Like, man, that's a big responsibility, man. Congratulations. And, man, thank you for even accepting that responsibility because all it's a bunch of players and a lot of them, a lot of them ain't like this. <clears throat> like, yeah, I, I accept that, but that's big for us because we know it's taking another step in the right direction. But listen, man, it's been real. I'm enlightened. I come away from this. I got a bigger appreciation for Definitely you, a bigger do. respect for you and how you go about things, the way you came up and everything, man. We appreciate you coming, pulling up on us out here in the bayou, man. We got a very special. Everybody Best delivery. Look at that. Y'all might want to zoom in, you know, them boys on the back. You know what I'm saying? That's very special and very, you know, it's a collectible edition. You got the NBA, you got them boys on there, them knuckleheads, man. So. We appreciate you pulling Thank up, you, man. Over there. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate y'all having me, man, and looking forward to this. All right, we want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players' Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players' Tribune.com